My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever felt like a failure? (laughs) Or maybe a better question is, when was the last time you felt like a failure? Since more than likely, each of us have gone through that experience more than a few times in our lives. Personally, more examples come to mind than I care to remember, but one that I will share was from about eight or nine years ago. At that time, I had written the Archbishop of Newark, Archbishop Myers, about something that was not urgent or too memorable, obviously, since I can't even remember what it was about. And in his response, what was memorable was his closing comment that completely unnerved me, saying, I'd like to get together with you in the coming months to discuss something completely unrelated. I'm sure he didn't intend this to be the case, but that was the worst thing I could have read because as an overthinker, my mind raced in more directions than I would have imagined possible. I quickly surmised it couldn't have been anything bad because if it was something bad, it would have been that casual and it would definitely have been addressed a lot more earlier, but it was definitely unsettling. Long story short, within a few months, we finally met He shared what was on his mind. He was thinking of naming me the director of priestly vocations for the Archdiocese of Newark. And in some ways, that was really a vote of confidence and support. It's such an incredibly important assignment to help promote prayer and discernment for priestly vocations, to meet with men who were open and thinking that possibly Jesus is calling them into this friendship and ministry with him, and then to help guide those who are more sure of that call through what can be an overwhelming and most definitely lengthy process. Not that it's more important than any other priest's assignment, because it's not. The most important thing for any priest is to be faithful to our promises at ordination, to be in persona Christi, to stand in the person of Christ as we offer his sacraments to his people. 
But this specialized and unique nature of this assignment definitely makes it stand out in a way throughout the whole archdiocese and even beyond as you end up having to interact with priests and bishops from all around the world. So all that was intimidating enough, along for, with the fact that for years, the Archdiocese of Newark was celebrated for having the most priestly ordinations in the nation. I could just sense the stress and the, the pressure from the first meeting and those first discussions I had with the Archbishop who was very kind and very supportive and assured me that all of those things really needed to be squashed. It wasn't about numbers. And that just focus on the priesthood of Jesus, what that means, what that means to me personally, and let the Lord guide me in this work to try to develop a vision in taking on that role. One of those promises at ordination that we make as priests is obedience to our archbishop. So, after I think three meetings and countless letters back and forth and this continued dialogue and discernment, I accepted. And honestly, every fear I had going into that role was pretty quickly realized. The administrative aspects were great. The phone was not ringing off the hook of men interested. The pressure, indirect or direct, with every person I met asking, so how many guys do you have coming in next year? I personalized way too much. As I followed what I believed was the vision that the Lord had put into my heart for the direction of this office, it definitely caused tension. And very quickly, some of the numbers of men that we were considering for accepting into the seminary started to drop. As much as the Archbishop and many others in the diocese who were involved in all this supported me and encouraged me and assured me, what I knew was true in my heart, that it wasn't, quote-unquote, my fault that numbers were falling, that ultimately it's Jesus who calls men to the priesthood. And nurturing those vocations isn't the sole responsibility of the vocation director, but the entire people of God, from parish priests to families praying for vocations, that even perhaps that one of their own sons would be called to be a priest, or one of their daughters would be called to be a religious. While I knew all that to be true, the reality is I couldn't shake that, that feeling of being a failure. At the end of one year, I asked to be relieved of the position, which the Archbishop had initially agreed to while encouraging me that he did not see me as a failure and hoped that I would reconsider which I did for another year. And then not being able to ever shake that feeling a year later, I asked him again, and this time he relented without a lot more discussion or pressure. It stinks feeling like a failure, doesn't it? It's one thing when we make a bad choice or a bad decision or we didn't do what was required or put in the effort that we needed and find ourselves struggling. But so often we find that feeling of failure somewhat out of our control. I was thinking of a whole variety of people in my, my pastoral life. A newlywed couple who finds it difficult to become pregnant. The college student who did so well academically all their lives and struggles that first semester on campus. The parents or grandparents who brought their kids to mass sent them to CCD for years and sees those kids not practicing their faith anymore. 
In all those instances, people all did the right thing. They sincerely tried and find themselves feeling like a failure. Initially reading this gospel, you can imagine Jesus being able to relate to that feeling. Here in this gospel of Mark, up until this point, he's already accomplished so much. Healings of illnesses and debilitating conditions, casting out demons, calming the sea and the winds at night. Oh yeah, I'm bringing a girl back to life from the dead. Word had, had spread. Multitudes of people were coming out to hear and see Jesus from great distances. But Jesus has this desire in his heart to share his ministry with those he knew the longest. Those that he had grown up with. Those he loved and cared for. His extended family, his friends, his neighbors. To share this good news and let them experience the fulfillment of the faith that they had carried their entire lives. All the hopes and dreams that they had ever imagined to be realized. And instead, we see outright rejection to all Jesus is saying. And a dismissiveness, not just to him personally, but to his earthly family as well as they kind of mock him as, isn't he that carpenter? The son of Mary? Talk about a diss. He's dissing the Blessed Mother. We read Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. So we know that this had to have hurt and disturbed him. But whether he experienced feelings of failure, we don't read or hear any of that captured in Scripture. We don't read him going, giving into self-doubt or second-guessing himself. In fact, the very next line in Scripture after this passage has is simply moving forward and teaching in other villages and then commissioning his apostles to start performing the same miraculous acts he had performed throughout the Gospel of Mark. Which is what every one of us needs to focus on as people of faith. When we are doing the right thing and don't experience the right results, when we're trying to be honest and virtuous and seeing others we know who aren't getting ahead, when we're being faithful, or even at Mass on, on Sunday Mass on the 4th of July, and feel like our prayers aren't always being answered because we don't see the results that we wanted to see, it's easy for those experiences to feel like failure and then to become disappointment or discouragement or even despair and those things to start to take root. For us to start giving into doubt or fear or even indifference. But rather than wallowing and giving into those feelings, Jesus is inviting us into deeper faith and trust in him. Because each of those experiences of feeling like a failure only becomes a failure if we give in to that feeling. Let me say that again. It's okay and normal to feel like a failure, but we only become a failure if we give in to that feeling. So for example, I've had those newlywed couples who had difficulty getting pregnant, who after they stopped stressing about it, eventually did. I've had others who weren't able to, but felt the call to adoption 
And that vocation to parenthood brought out an even deeper love than they ever knew was possible or imagined as they went through that whole process. But it's true, I also had others where that struggle ended up causing marital problems. I've seen college students drop out after a semester because they were so spooked by the experience of struggling with their grades. And the others who've dug in deep and saw it as a challenge that maybe they were majoring in something that they shouldn't have and didn't really actually want to study. And I've seen parents and grandparents who've either given into despair and fallen into indifference in the practice of their faith like their kids because they were just so discouraged that none of them went to Mass anymore, as well as had grandkids coming to our campus ministry asking to be baptized as college students, having never been raised in the faith, but saying how I was always inspired by Grandma and Grandpa's faith and their example. And even personally, I was able not to let my feelings of failure to weigh down on me, but to come to see how the Lord utilized my time as vocation director to accomplish important things that needed to be instituted for the long term. And who knows, while this day in Nazareth isn't remembered for any life-changing conversions, while Jesus may not have been received well that particular day by his hometown, we don't know if those were seeds that were being planted that eventually did take root. What we do know is that Jesus didn't let this experience stop him from responding to what God the Father had sent him to accomplish of preaching and healing, of sacrificing and blessing, of offering forgiveness and new life to the world. It's okay to feel like a failure, but it only becomes a failure if we give in to that feeling. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta once said, God doesn't ask that we succeed in everything, but that we are faithful. However beautiful our work may be, let us not become attached to it. Always remain prepared to give it up without losing your peace. May you and I not let feelings of failure to thwart us from persevering and remaining faithful, and in doing so, confidently stay in peace.